Welcome to this sermon from Silver Lake Baptist Church. Our mission is to celebrate the greatness of God with all we are for the joy, hope, and renewal of our community. We are so glad you have chosen to listen to our message. We pray you will be blessed by your time with us today. I'm just wondering how Jesus loves me. It's a wonder. The greatest wonder of all the wonders. The Guinness Book of World Records. We've got so many things. Who eats what more than the other? What has happened? I don't know who has done what. But they forget to write about one of the greatest wonders of the world. They tell us there are seven wonders of the world. Are they seven? But they add some. Where it come from, they added and saying the wild beast migration from the Serengeti in, uh, in Tanzania to Kenya is one of the greatest wonders of the world. Why at this particular time of the year, these animals decide to migrate to go and I don't even know, I've never visited. I come from here, but I've never visited. But I know the greatest wonders of them all is that Jesus loves Philip. I don't know about you. Amen. Let me talk about myself. And I also want to thank the four, the one, two, were you four? Thank you so much for leading us in worship. You did a great job. And the Lord bless you. I'm not going to talk about the others who are seated the other side. I'm talking about those ones who are here. <laughs> They're the ones I could see. That was beautiful. Good singing. And may the Lord continue using you. For those of you who do not know me, my name is Pastor Philip. I am uh, by association, by in a way that I may not be able to describe, a member of this church. Why do you look like you are surprised? <laughs> I'm a member of this church because I'm a member of a, a group that meets here from four to six. And it's a church plant. It's a church plant of Silver Lake Baptist Church. So you are our parents. You are our mother. Sorry for the fathers who are here. You are our mother church. So being, you being our mother church, then I am a member of this church. That's why I'm making all these noise because I'm feeling at home. Hallelujah. I'm feeling so much at home, feeling I'm in the right place. Uh, what time should I finish? No, no, don't say that, please. I can go on until... That's fine. So I should be out of this place by 12. Yes. Thank you. So um, I will try. <laughs> Let's turn to John chapter 11. John chapter 11. John chapter 11. We'll start reading from verse 17. John chapter 11. If you're seeking to somebody, make sure you sit next to an interpreter. You interpret what I'm saying. Somebody who understands my English. So that's, uh, are you helping him? Who understands me? Is it him or you? Uh, one of you should be the interpreter. I went to a church somewhere in, uh, was it in Pennsylvania or Ohio? 
And then I finished preaching. And then at the end of the service, a lady came and told me, oh, that was good preaching. At least I had a few things that you said. <laughs> and I've spoken all the English that I knew. So uh, we're going to start reading from verse 17 of uh, John chapter 11. We can stand up, those of us who stand just in honor of God's word. I'm reading from the ESV version, English Standard Version. Now when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him. But Mary remained seated in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Mother said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believe, believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Jesus said to him. She said to him, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into the world. When she had said this, she went and called her sister Mary, saying in private, the teacher is here and is calling for you. And when she heard it, she rose quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet come into the village, but was still in the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who were with her in the house, consoling her, so Mary rise quickly and go out. They followed her, supposing that she was going to the tomb to weep there. Now when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirits and greatly troubled. And he said, where have you buried, laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. So the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man also have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus deeply moved again, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, by this time there will be an order, for he has been dead for days. And Jesus said to her, did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you, you always hear me, but I said this on the account of the people standing around and they may believe that you sent me. When he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The man who had died came out, his hands and feet bound with linen stripes and his face wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. Many of the Jews therefore, who had come with Mary and had seen what he did, believed in him. But some of them went to the Pharisees and told them what Jesus had done. So the chief priests and the Pharisees 
gathered the council and said, what are we to do? For this man performs many signs. Father, in the name of Jesus, we want to thank you for the privilege of just opening your sacred word and reading from it. We pray, Lord God, that you may speak to us from your word, that you, Lord God, you who is the resurrection, may you resurrect that which is dead in our lives for your own glory and praise. Jesus, name we ask. Amen. You may be seated. Uh, I was having a conversation with a colleague at work, and she is from the country of Eritrea. And uh, she asked me, how was your Easter? I told her, oh, we celebrated Easter a few weeks ago. And she said, no, ours was the other week. Then we got into a conversation. What do you mean? I thought Easter is this particular time. Say, no, we operate a different calendar. So our Easter is after your Easter. Celebrate the same thing, but different times or uh, days. So I want to ask Silver Lake Baptist Church, this is our Easter. May we celebrate it. Amen. <laughs> Isn't this the Resurrection Sunday? Don't we celebrate Easter every Sunday? Don't we call it the Lord's Day? Didn't we start celebrating because this is the day that our Lord and Savior rose from the dead? This is our Easter Sunday. And therefore, I'm taking you back to the Easter message. And someone said, oh, come on, you should have brought Christmas. No, that's a bit far. Let's still stick to Easter. Amen. Let's still stick to Easter. And Thinking about it, I was thinking about, you know, this is Lazarus, he's raised from the dead. And my mind was, how many people in the Bible were raised from the dead? I was looking at this yesterday and wondering, how many do I know? And quickly I started searching for the people who are dead and were brought back to life. And in the Old Testament was the widow of Zarephath, her son. That is, uh, you remember the story of Elijah? He's, he's given this room in the upper room, and uh, you are there, and this child just decides to die, and you are a visitor. Wrong time to visit, isn't it? You are there, and the child dies. You have to do something. Hallelujah. And he did something. I wish I could do it. So Then the second was the Shunammite, woman's son. This was Elisha's time, not Elijah. Again, get this accommodation. By the couple, the other one was a widow. This is a couple, husband and wife. They accommodate this guy. I don't know. Some of us pastors should not even spend a night in people's houses. I don't know. I thought when we go there is when we bring more life. The prophet is there. What happens? There's death. But not ordinary death. Death that happens to the glory of God. And then there was the story of uh, the man raised out of Elisha's grave. There are guys who are conducting some burial and they see the Moabites. They decide, should we attack them? No, we don't want any confrontation. So what do they do? They don't even bury. So they throw their dead in, a, in, in a Elisha's grave and they run away. What happens? The moment this body touches the bones of Elisha, this guy comes back to life. Hey, those Old Testament days must have been sweet, isn't it? <laughs> you go to a cemetery, people throw you and depending on whose grave you land, when you die and they throw your body, you better land on the right grave. Hallelujah. So he lands on 
Elijah's grave and he is brought back to life. And then there was this widow of Nain, her son. You know the widow from a place called Nain and the, they were in the streets walking, going to bury. They are all weeping, crying, everybody. Because this, this is her only child. And her only child is dead and Jesus is moved, you know, and brings this child back to life. How many remember Jairus' daughter? Jairus' daughter. This was the leader of the synagogue. The daughter is dead. Twelve-year-old daughter is dead. He goes and meets Jesus, tells Jesus, you know, the whole story, what's happening. My daughter is sick. And then they, on their way home, this servant comes and says, oh, no, you don't, don't, don't bother the master. He's dead. He says, no, she's not. Let's go. She's brought back to life. And then we go straight to our story today. Lazarus. Lazarus of Bethany, the friend of Jesus. He's dead and he's brought back to life. Not the whole story. Because this, this is the only part, you know, you go somewhere and they ask you, do you know any verse of the Bible? Say, yes, I know the Bible. And you quote a verse? Yes. Which one? John eleven thirty five. What does it say? And Jesus wept. At least I'm giving you something for free. If you don't know any verse of the Bible by memory, at least you should know John eleven thirty five. What does it say in the Bible, ma'am? What does it say in yours? Jesus wept. Jesus wept. Is that difficult to memorize? Uh, we all we can memorize that. At least you have a verse, isn't it? You come out of this knowing one verse. By memory, Jesus, John 11, 35. Don't forget John 11, 35. You know that portion of scriptures. But there is one that most of us find it strange. That is in Matthew 27, 50 to 52. That when, when Jesus died on the, on the cross of Calvary, you know, there was this shaking. And the, the graves of the saints opened. And these people came out and walked in the streets of Jerusalem. Do you know that part? Huh? Do you know something like that happened? That Jesus, when Jesus died on the cross, there was a shaking, the, the graves opened, and the saints. Not everybody woke up, please. Some must continue sleeping, others when they do it. So the saints got out, and took a walk again in the streets of Jerusalem. Hallelujah. Interesting stories in the Bible. Not just stories, real things that happens. The power that is in Jesus. And then we know the story of Tabitha. How many know Tabitha? Her Greek name was Dokas, isn't it? So this lady was good and she used to make, were they sweaters or something? She used to make sweaters. She knew this is winter. It's going to be cold. And these widows and these kids will be cold. So she made for them. And when she had this good report, and then she dies, everybody said, oh, my goodness. You know, winter will still come back. What shall we be wearing? She used to do this. They would weep and give a testimony of what this woman used to do. And then was it Apostle Peter? He hears this thing. She's brought back to life. Faith. Plus works, isn't it? Faith, then all works. I've never had a better testimony 
that you can do so many good things. You can have such a testimony, not told by yourself, but told by others of what you've done. That it touches the heart of God and you are brought back to life for his own praise and his own glory. Good works. So you better, if you want to be resurrected when you die, make me a jacket for winter. <laughs> and then Uticus. You remember Uticus? Uticus in Acts 20. This was a young man who lived in a place called Troas. Apostle Paul is preaching. This young man, I don't know, the ushers did not do a good job. They did not tell him where to sit properly. He sits out on the window sill, somewhere around there. And Apostle Paul preaches this long, long sermon. You know Apostle Paul sermon? Very long sermon. And some people, I remember when I was in Bible college, our teacher told us, and also because of the lighting system, you know, they never use these kind of lights. They used to use some lights that, you know, some, some uh, kerosene, kerosene, call it kerosene, that produces a lot of smoke. You know, there was all this, you can imagine the room is packed, and then the kind of lighting that was used, this guy dozes off, and then from the third floor, falls. You can imagine, please, I'm preaching, don't die today. Um, my name, other name is not Apostle Paul. I'm Philip, okay? There is no place where Philip raised anybody from the dead, okay? So when Apostle Paul comes, do whatever you want to do, he'll bring you back, okay? So here, the guy, Eutychus, is brought back to life. We can talk about all these people, right from, you know, in the book of Kings, all the way until where we are in the book of Acts of the Apostles. But we can never forget to talk about the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Because it's so different. The others died. They were brought back to life. What do they do next? Have you ever met, have you ever met Hezekiah? Was he Hezekiah in the Old Testament? Who was for, uh, for 15 more years? Have you ever met him? Have you met Lazarus? Anyway, in Seattle? <laughs> Lazarus? Who knows Eutychus? Have you met them? They all died. After the resurrection, they died. But it's only Jesus who came back and lives forevermore. He did not die another time. So the resurrection of Jesus Christ is so different from any other resurrection story that we might talk about. But today I want to talk about three resurrections that I can glean from John 11. The resurrection of life for the dead. There is what everything obvious definition that we have of uh, resurrection and all the explanations we talk about are people coming back to life. What was dead coming back to life? You know, Apostle Paul writing to the Ephesians, he says that, that we were once dead in our trespasses, in our sins and in our trespasses. We were once dead. We were depraved sinners. And that's why at times when you look at what, when, uh, you know, some people who talk about John Calvin and, uh, you know, 
John Calvin's five points of uh, five points of Calvin. And they say the first point is what? Total depravity. How many went to Tulip Festival yesterday? There was Tulip Festival. You know that Tulip, we would use Tulip to talk about a whole doctrine. Tulip would stand for the entire, you know, the word Tulip can stand for the five points of Calvinism. And the first one, T, is total depravity. That we are totally dead in sin. And you know, John Calvin said, you contribute nothing to your own, your own salvation because what can a dead man or woman for that matter contribute anyway? So God raised us from the dead. We were dead in our sins. So as much as Lazarus was dead, as much as he was thinking and the sister said, it's the fourth day, there's a foul smell coming out. I cannot, you're telling me to go there? Let me tell you, we were worse. We were dead. I was dead for many years. For a long time, longer than Lazarus. In this world, in my sins, in my trespasses. But I want to thank God that he raised me from my deadness, from that death of sin. He saved me. He gave me a new life. That it, it is from, you know, from, from darkness to the light of his dear son. From that old creature to a new creature. If any man is in Christ, he's a new creature. Behold, the old has passed away and all have become new. Second Corinthians 5.17 All is gone. That my sins are forgiven. He has cleansed me as far as east is from the west. That is how far my sins are because of his forgiveness. That God has taken away my sins and thrown them into the lake of forgetfulness. Does God forget? You know what? You ask myself. You know what? I never forget, but you're telling me that God forgets. No. He does not forget that God chooses to forget that I'm a sinner. That I'm covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. That is who I am. And then, you know, Paul writes in the Colossians, I think Colossians 3.3, he says that we are hidden with Christ in God. That is my position. That's how safe I am. John says that now, you know, after being raised from the deadness of sin, getting into this new life, where am I? That I am in, in the hands of God. God's hands. Jesus says, John, I think 10, 28, that no one, nobody can take me from his hands. Nothing can take me. Nothing can separate me from him, from his love. I say that biological bar that people regard so much is not as strong and is not as eternal as the spiritual bar. Spiritual bar is eternal. But he gives me eternal life. 
there is a resurrection. We were dead, brethren, friends, dead. But the moment we accepted Jesus Christ in our hearts, he gave us life. We became new creatures. That's the beauty of it. Like Lazarus, we are alive now. Amen. Secondly, there was also the resurrection of hope for the distressed. There was not only the resurrection of Lazarus, but there was also the resurrection of hope for the distressed. And we find distressed sisters, Mary and Martha, they are distressed. The distress is that their brother is sick and they call 911. Isn't that what we do? Those days, 911 was Jesus. If he's near, you call who? You send for Jesus, hey, your friend, your friend is sick. And the 911 then is different from now. Today is faster than Jesus' time. Jesus will call him, he does not come when he wants him. First of all, he changes the story, he says, he tells his disciples, you know. <laughs> We've got a message, Lazarus is sick. And then you continue on and then he says, continue, he says, he has done what? He has slept. Then they say, if he has slept, he will wake up. Then he say, oh, these guys don't seem to be connecting wires properly, isn't it? Let me connect for them. Sleeping here means he's dead. Oh, he's dead? And then Jesus decides to continue doing ministry. 911 then is very different. He decides to do other things. And then, he finally arrives the fourth day. And they are so distressed. If you had been here, you would not have died. I like that statement. And indeed, if Jesus had been there, Jesus would have healed him of whatever caused his death. That's a, that's a statement of fact. If he had been here. But there's also something they forget, that Jesus does not heal only sicknesses and diseases. He also healed death. The Roman Apostle Paul is writing and he's saying, is it, is it, he says, or death. Where is thy sting? Oh, grave, where is thy victory? Where is it? In the presence of Jesus, all these things, they have no sting, they have no victory because he overcame. They are distressed. I don't know. Right now, something is distressing you. My prayer is that there is going to be a resurrection of hope in you. I don't know what it could be. I don't know what challenges you are going through. But I know I'm talking to people who are older than me, and I'm told when you get to this age, you have very few problems. Very few problems. <laughs> very few problems. <laughs> We're just happy people. <laughs> just enjoying grandchildren and uh, having fun. Oh, you're blessed. Now, it's written on your faces. I can see your faces betray you. You're happy people. Mm? <laughs> Very happy. But in case there's anybody here who is distressed, may there be a resurrection of God. That the same hope that came to Mary and Martha, may the Lord bring it in your life. It may be you're financially distressed. You may be distressed in your health. Because at this age, again, every part, even the hair aches. What does it ache? The hair aches and the tongue sweats. 
What does it happen at this age? You know, I work, I work in a facility and uh, I just love senior elders and their stories, what they tell. And I learn from them, I know. One day, God willing, I'll be like them. I am next. <laughs> I am next. And I say, I better, I better plant a seed here. I better treat them well so that when it comes to my turn, I may be treated well. And some of them even tell me about how they want to go to heaven. I want to go to heaven. I don't want to wake up, Philip. I don't want to wake up. I just want to go to sleep and I wake up in heaven. If you have pain in your body, may the Lord give you hope. May God's grace be upon you. He may not just remove the pain the way you want it, but may He just give you that sufficient grace that you need. You know, Apostle Paul prayed for the thorn in the flesh, but what did God do? You know, say, I'm taking it away. Said, even in this situation that you're going through, I want you to know that my grace is sufficient for you. When I know that the Lord is with me, even in my pain, he gives me the strength to carry on. God has not promised us that we'll never have any pain, that we'll never be sick. We shall be sick. But even in it, even if when we are walking through the valley of the shadow of death, he is with us. I pray that you may feel the presence of Jesus, the presence of the Holy Spirit in every situation that you face in your life. Finally, I to say, there was not only the resurrection of life for the dead, the resurrection of hope for the distressed, but there was also the resurrection of faith for the doubters. Even those ones who doubted, there was the resurrection of faith for the doubters. They believed. The Bible says they believed. The Bible says in verse 45, many of the Jews therefore who had come with Mary and had seen what he did, believed in him. Let there be a resurrection of faith in us. Faith to trust him more than ever before. Faith to trust him even for the night. Faith that you are God, you are better than melatonin. I'm going to sleep tonight. You know how much we consume it. <laughs> that Lord God, you are going to resurrect even my knees and my hip and everything. Lord, you are going to do it. You'll give me strength. And above all, you'll cause me to trust you every day. Every day, renew me, renew me, strengthen my faith in me, oh God, that my eyes may continually be focused on you. They may they be fixed on Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. May I just be fixed on you, like Peter was fixed on Jesus and walked on water. He looked around to the boisterous wind and he started sinking. Many times for me, I look at the wind and everything else instead of looking at Jesus. I just pray, oh Lord, remove my focus from all these things, all the problems of the world. That's every day I pray about it. But I don't know, I don't know whether you're like me. They are so loud that I, I listen to them, I look at them, and this small, still voice of Jesus that calls me and says, listen to me, son, I'm here with you. I will never leave you 
I will never forsake you. I'll always be with you. Even if the, 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 the vessel, the vessel seems to be sinking. And you're asking Jesus, you're just sleeping. Jesus, the disciples asked, Jesus, carest thou not that we perish? You're just sleeping. He cares. He's the master. He speaks to the situation. He tells the wind, stop. And he stops. He will have faith that he'll speak to your situation. He will do something to your situation. I don't know what you're going through. May that faith, if you, for doubt as you might be here, may it be resurrected. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you. We want to thank you because you alone and resurrect everything that is dead in our lives. And so many things could be dead in our lives. Lord, even our spiritual walk with you could be weak and it needs strengthening. Our trust in you, Lord, could be weak and it's strengthening. It needs a resurrection, that power of resurrection. Lord, we invite you to work in our lives for your own glory and for your own praise. I pray, Lord, that you're going to bless the leadership of this church, the membership of this church. Lord, may you continue keeping them together. May they continue enjoying the fellowship around your word. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to learn more about us, check out our website at www.silverlakebaptist.org.